Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we're going to celebrate not one, not two, but three birthdays, those of George B. McConnell, Cliff Hess, and Charles Kenny. We'll also pose a question and play some records from the cutting room floor. Last week, I played Sunny Jim, co-written by George B. McConnell, and mentioned that although his birthday is not until March, you might be hearing about him sooner. That's because, near as I can tell, from searching scripts on the show, his name had never been mentioned before. So that sooner is now. Pianist, composer, and lyricist George Burnham McConnell was born March 10, 1894, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His formal education ended with high school, at which point he began working as a pianist for Philadelphia music publishing companies and performing in vaudeville. By 1915, he was a published composer with The Heart of the World, and the following year he co-composed the theme song for Woodrow Wilson's election campaign, The Hero of the European War. Despite the line in the Al Dubin lyrics of the song, There's no doubt of it, he's kept us out of it, the U.S. did get into it, and during World War I, McConnell served in the U.S. Navy from April 16, 1918. He was an apprentice seaman aboard ship and was honorably discharged on September 30, 1921, and joined ASCAP that same year. He was the editor of Morton Downey's Song Folio, Pappy Ezra and Zeke's Hillbilly Folio, and Lanny McIntyre's Hawaiian Song Folio, and wrote special music for numerous stage shows, including Willie and Howard Passing Show of 1921, Clayton Jackson and Durante, and Ziegfeld Follies of 1929. His chief collaborators included Al Dubin, Lou Brown, Jimmy McHugh, Edgar Leslie, and Jack Yellen. Fun fact, in 1934, McConnell began receiving veterans' benefits in the amount of $10 a month for nine months, a grand total of $90. In 1940, he was still working in the music business, albeit as a pianist in a Bridgeport restaurant, but by 1942 was working at the U.S. Aluminum Company. George McConnell died June 30, 1982. Among his many tunes are Get the Right Little Girl in the Right Kind of Place, You Remind Me So Much of My Mother, A Pumpkin Has No Pump, and these. Words, how well I know 
the December 1, 1923 edition of The Music Trades, an announcement was made about a new song described as the brainchild of five writers. It read, Schubert wrote his famous serenade alone, so imagine what five modern music men, heads together, can do. That's how Irving and Jack Kaufman, Frank William, Frank Hughes, and George B. McConnell reasoned, with the result that this quintet of qualified songsmiths turned out Mickey Donahue, a cute and whimsical little Irish waltz song that, judging from what folks in the know seem to think, is a natural with a capital dollar sign. This tune will be widely exploited by the mill's forces who feel confident that another hit has been unearthed. And you just heard Mickey Donahue with the Shannon Four harmonizing on January 19, 1924, shortly after that article was published. Before the Shannons, Dick Burnett was backed by Joe Candulo and his orchestra on You Wanted Someone to Play With and I Wanted Someone to Love. Written in collaboration with Nat Osborne, Frank Capano, and Margie Morris. Harmony 890 was recorded April 3, 1929. And we started off our birthday tribute to George McConnell with Joe Green's orchestra under the unlikely pseudonym of Dan Roberts and his hometowners on When Mother Played the Organ and Daddy Sang a Hymn. Harold Van Amberg sang Dick Sanford's lyrics on October 1st, 1932. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. Back on the April 21st show, I played You Know Better Than That, co-written by Charles Kenny and Billy Covell. I don't know when Billy Covell's birthday is, but Kenny's birthday is today. American violinist, composer, and lyricist Charles Francis Kenny was born this very day, June 23, in 1898, in Astoria, Long Island, New York, to Richard and Josephine Kenny. He had three older siblings, Nicholas, Anna, and Robert. Like George McConnell, Charles Kenny was also in the U.S. Navy, enlisting on July 15, 1919. He served as a musician aboard the USS Arizona, Yes, that USS Arizona, and was discharged on May 26, 1921. The following year, he worked as a musician aboard the SS American Legion. I mentioned Charles's brother Nick, and virtually all of Charles's compositions were written in collaboration with Nick, who in 1930 began a long career as radio editor of the New York Daily Mirror. He was a radio pioneer and in the mid-30s created a show called Children's Follies, a kid's show featuring local New York talent. I don't know when they were married, but in the 1940 census, Charles and his wife, the former Joy Hathaway Meeker, were living in New York City with Joy working as an actress at a radio station and Charles writing for the Daily Mirror. Joy was born in Canford, British Columbia, Canada in 1913 and arrived in the U.S. in July of 1919. In 1952, Charles and Joy were living in Bridgeport, Connecticut, but unfortunately she died in 1954 at the very early age of 41. Charles Kenny died January 20, 1992 in Eatonton, New Jersey. One of the brothers' best-known songs is Love Letters in the Sand, written in 1931, but earlier works include We're the Sunday Drivers, When the Robert E. Lee Comes to Town, and later, These. Thank you. 
shine in the sky far away. We will find it, you and I, some sweet day. There'll be clover just for you down the line. Where the skies are always blue, pal of mine. Take your time, oh mule, I know you're growing late. But you'll pasture in the stars when we strike that flame. And we'll sit up there and watch the world roll by. When we find that long lost gold mine in the sky. Far away, far away, we will find that long lost gold mine some sweet day, and we'll say hello to friends who said goodbye, when we find that long lost gold mine in the sky. Some 
I shall never forget while a cigarette was burning. We loved and laughed and learned that hearts were made for breaking while a cigarette Teresa Marie Stabile, better known as Dolly Dawn, with George Hall's Taft Hotel Orchestra and Every Minute of the Hour. 
Bluebird B-6282 was recorded February 6, 1936, and was also issued in Britain on several different labels. Before that, since nothing says romance like the smoldering butt of a gasper, Paul Whiteman and his orchestra with Joan Edwards providing the vocal chorus on While a Cigarette Was Burning. Decca 2083 was recorded September 20th, 1938. And we begin our birthday tribute to Charles Kenny with Richard Himber's Seven Stylists, one of whom was Adrian Rollini on vibraphone, with There's a Gold Mine in the Sky. Stuart Allen was the vocalist on that December 17, 1937 recording issued on Victor 25738. The TV comedy series Get Smart spawned more than its share of catchphrases, many of which endure to this day, such as, Missed it by that much. I asked you not to tell me that. Sorry about that, Chief. And, of course, this one. My name is Hunter. I'm sure you've heard of him. Yes. Murderer, thief, and traitor. Well, people will gossip. <laughs> I'm sure your lovely companion will learn to like me. Just a little bit. I doubt that very much. <laughs> Take them to the lunch. Just a minute, Hannah. You don't really think we'd be stupid enough to come in here alone, do you? What do you mean? Just this. In a very short while, General Crawford and a hundred of his crack paratroopers will come crashing into this landing. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe J. Edgar Hoover and ten of his G-men? <laughs> How about Tarzan and a couple of his apes? <laughs> would you believe that the series star Don Adams came up with the Would You Believe bit? Well, he did. Would you believe I'm going to play a set of rapidly rotating records posing the question, Would you? Well, I am. Thank you. 
charms would you, would you? They met as you and I, and they were only friends. But before the story ends, he'll kiss her with a sigh. Would you, would you? If the boy were I, would you, would you? And would you dare to say, let's do the same as they? I would, would you? Take a walk, mm-hmm. do you think it's gonna rain? Mm-hmm. How about a sarsaparilla? Gee, the moon is yellow, something good will come from that. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the latest song? Mm-hmm. It's a very pretty strain. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel a little trilly? Gee, it's getting chilly, something good will come from that. When you're strolling through the wedges, you need a hoosies to lean upon. But when you have no hoosies to hug a watch is gosh darn. Mm-hmm. Would you like to take a walk? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's gonna rain? Mm-hmm. Ain't you tired of all the talkies? I prefer the walkies. Something good will come from that. 
Al Boley with Roy Fox and his band asking the musical question, Would You Like to Take a Walk? British Decca F2318 was recorded April 21, 1931. Harry Warren wrote the tune and Mort Dixon and Billy Rose the words. Before that, by coincidence, Richard Himber and Stuart Allen once again, this time with simply Would You. Would You was written by Arthur Freed and Nacio Herb Brown, and you heard a bit of Elise Graves playing the harp on that April 6, 1936 recording. We started off with a record not listed in Russ's dance band discography, but in his jazz and ragtime records discography, Would You Be Happy? That was one of numerous records made by members of the Ben Pollock Band for the Plaza and ARC labels under a slew of pseudonyms, including Kentucky Grasshoppers, Whoopie Makers, Mills Musical Clowns, Jimmy Bracken's Toe Ticklers, and in this case, Cameo 9147, recorded around April 6, 1929, The Lumberjacks. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Last week, June 19th, marked the birth in 1891 in Cincinnati, Ohio, of Clifford Frank Hess, better known as Cliff Hess. Growing up, he received private instruction in music, theory, and harmony, and had his first known instrumental work, It's a Bird, issued by the Grown Music Publishing Company of Cincinnati in 1905, when he was just 14 years of age. From his mid to late teens, he worked as a pianist on various riverboats on the Mississippi and Ohio rivers, but by 1910, he had moved to Chicago and for the next couple of years worked in theaters and vaudeville shows, often as an arranger. He landed a job with Watterson, Berlin, and Snyder and came to the attention of Irving Berlin himself, who could play piano by ear but could not read or write music. Hess helped Berlin by writing down Berlin's tunes as he played and helping harmonize and score them into songs. In 1913, Hess was in Manhattan, working as Berlin's full-time live-in private secretary, assisting with Berlin's composing to the point where he could be considered a co-composer of many of Berlin's tunes of that year, as well as assisting in Berlin's business affairs. In 1914, Hess began writing under his own name and ended the professional relationship with Berlin in late 1918. He started working for Leo Feist as a composer and arranger, collaborated with Joseph Santley on a number of musical comedies, recorded piano roles for melody, and continued writing his own compositions. In the 1930s, Hess was writing for film, sometimes traveling to Hollywood to work with other musicians. In the early 50s, he moved to Brownsville, Texas, where he died on June 8, 1959, from congestive heart failure, and is interred at Brookside Memorial Park in Brownsville. Here are three from the pen of Cliff Hess. Thank you. 
I love to ride on a choo-choo train and hear that whistle blow. Ooh, ooh, gee, I love it so. I love to ride on a choo-choo train and hear them ring that bell. Ding dong, ding ding dong, gee, I think it's swell. Oh, what a treat to have my sweetie there with me. Oh, boy, oh, boy, how we enjoy that scenery. Just turn me loose on an old caboose and I just go insane. Each clicking wheel gets in my bones. I'm a regular Casey Jones. I love to ride on a choo-choo, on a choo-choo, choo-choo train. He loves to ride on an old guitar, so let that rhythm swing. He loves to groan on a slide trombone and swing it wide and high. He'll get you yet on a clarinet that'll make those jitterbugs yell. Like Elmo Tanner and Ted Weems in the orchestra, I love to ride on a choo-choo train. DECA 2366 was recorded March 11, 1939. Not only do I love to ride on a choo-choo train, but I also love Beats and Turnips, which we heard played by the Varsity Eight. Beats and Turnips was written with Fred Allard in 1914 and was recorded at the time by the Victor Military Band, but it had a resurgence and this recording was made October 24, 1924. Cliff Hess was fascinated by the relatively new but fast-growing medium of radio, and his interest in radio came about because he was a recording artist for Duo Art Piano Rolls. Duo Art was owned by the Aeolian Company, the distributor for products of the Radio Corporation of America, so artists recording for Duo Art and Vocalion Records were heard in programs broadcast over WJY, located atop Aeolian Hall and operated by RCA. Hess even wrote a song about radio. You hear part of it every once in a while in promos for the show, but we started off our birthday tribute to Cliff Hess with all 2 minutes and 49 seconds of Turn On Your Radio. That was Ben Selvin and his Moulin Rouge Orchestra with Irving Kaufman from a Vocalion 78 waxed around the end of 1923 or beginning of 1924 before the sheet music was even published. Publisher Irving Mills called it the official song of radio broadcasting stations to be used as an overture or opening song. And I want to thank Professor Bill Edwards, proprietor of the website ragpiano.com, for the biographical information on Cliff Hess, and I encourage you to visit Bill's very extensive site. That's ragpiano.com. And if you'll be anywhere in the Durango, Colorado area from July 22nd to August 3rd, Bill will be playing nightly in the Diamond Bell Saloon at the historic Strader Hotel. I've had the pleasure of hearing him play live at the Bell, and if you have the opportunity, please do yourself a favor and take advantage of it. For this final segment of the show, we're going to do a little cleanup, playing some records which unfortunately, and very unfairly, had to hit the cutting room floor in previous shows. Here's Hal Kemp and his orchestra. (laughs) ¶¶ 
side of the one I love While the moon is smiling up above That's what I call heaven Planning all the things we're gonna do When chips come in and dreams come true That's what I call heaven For that is just we do In our little love nest Happy there a million miles away from the rest And when I realize that it won't be long We'll have to learn a cradle song That's what I call heaven
the morning sun. Boom, boom, bungity bung, when the day is done. Nothing could be sweeter than the syncopated meter. All those sweet bells, boom, boom, bingity bing, when the day is fair. Boom, boom, bungity bung, all the town is there. Every chinkle just as dippy as a coon from Mississippi. Oh, ring them bells, don't you hear them chiming? Lovey-dovey rhyming. Jingle jangling, tango tangling, tangling, tangling. Boom boom, bingity bing in the morning sun. Boom boom, bungity bung when the day is done. Rag time, rag time, rag time temple bell. Sophie Tucker complained that we cut her May 1922 recording of Complainin', subtitled as Human Nature to Complain, 
from last week's segment about Kanakas, and it certainly deserves to be heard, so there you have it. Complainin' was composed by Lucky Roberts, with the words by Alex Rogers. A few weeks ago, we spotlighted, or spotlit, A. Seymour Brown. He wrote a song, which we didn't have time to play, called Chin Chin, Open Your Heart and Let Me In. It's the finale in the Broadway show Chin Chin, which opened at the Globe Theater on October 20, 1914, and ran for 295 performances. It sounds like a fun show, subtitled A Modern Aladdin, with settings in the Toy Bazaar, the Tea Shop, the Palace Terrace, outside the Dressing Tent, and inside the Circus, and includes the songs Chipper China Chaps, and It's a Long Long Way to Tipperary, sung by Chin Hop Low and Chin Hop He. Act 1 ends with Ragtime Temple Bells, which we heard sung by Billy Murray on Victor 17715, recorded December 30, 1914, during the show's run. Ragtime Temple Bells was written not by Seymour Brown, but composed by Ivan Carroll, with the words by James O'Day. Last week we spotlighted Dale Wimbro, and we started this clean-up set with That's What I Call Heaven, written by Wimbro and Alfred Salmon, and depending upon your source, Billy Hill and or George Walter Brown. That was Hal Kemp and his orchestra with the vocal by Saxy Dowell on March 17, 1929, and the label of Brunswick 4307 credits Salmon, Brown, and Wimbro. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.